All right, welcome to another edition of One in a Million. I am your host, Roland Million. And I, I started off with Bill Russell's infectious laugh because uh, a lot of people said that his laugh could cure cancer. His laugh could turn any frown, uh, as corny as it sounds, upside down because his laugh was so contagious and people love to hear his laugh because you'd laugh when you heard his laugh, regardless of what you were feeling and how you were feeling. And in order for me to do this episode today, talking about a day that, you know, is sad in many ways because he passed away yesterday. But in order for me to do this, I needed to hear his infectious laugh and his laughter to make me build up the courage in an emotional time to speak about Bill Russell. Bill Russell was not only a hero to many, um, myself included, but he was a he was an example. He was an example to many people. He was an example of even though times are tough, you can still persevere. He was an example of, you know, if something is wrong, you speak out on it and you don't allow that to dictate what your life is going to be like. Now, Bill Russell was born, this, I'm sorry, this episode is just going to be dedicated to the life of Bill Russell and the impact that he's made and giving an understanding. My platform has always been to uh, try to give an understanding to the younger generation. So those who didn't see him, even my generation, people who didn't see him, who don't understand his greatness, I, I do this so people can do their research and do their history. One of the things that Bill Russell said was the best uh, experience to him, his more, most important gift was his library card. And the reason why he said that was because he was able to learn, educate himself. So today I want to try to be a library card for all of you when it comes to the life of Bill Russell. I won't say everything, okay? But I'm going to give you a little bit of the gist of what his life was like. Bill Russell was born in February 12th, 1934 to Charles and Katie Russell in Louisiana. Now, this was a time where 
it was the 1930s, so Jim Crow laws were prevalent. You know, segregation laws were prevalent. We were going through the Great Depression. Later on, we were going to be going through a war. FDR was the president, and no matter who was the president, racism was so prevalent, and it still is today, but racism was so prevalent back then, and civil rights were taken away from you. An example of civil rights, okay? Bill Russell's father, uh, Charles, went to a gas station um, and was there before many white attendants, okay? Now, they were in Louisiana, and now, once he went there, he was there before many white people who were there to get gas, and the clerk said that they're going to serve the white people first before they serve him. And multiple people, multiple people upon multiple peoples has started to show up, and he was sitting there waiting. So he decided, his father decided, I'm going to back up and I'm going to go to another gas station. The gas attendant pulled out a shotgun and told him to wait his turn. So this is just a little bit of an example of what life was like during these times. Now I'm going to move to high school. Okay, in high school, Bill Russell, what we all know him for, which is basketball, he wasn't really that good fundamentally. He had raw talent. He was athletic. Okay, and back then, it's almost like he was the 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 patriarch. Uh, you know how you say the matriarch and the patriarch of a family. He was the patriarch of blocking shots. The 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 example of blocking shots because back then you were always told to stay on your feet and he thought well you know if i stay on my feet i can kind of alter a shot but i can't really make sure that that person doesn't get a shot in so he started to jump and block shots and he became pretty damn good at it and he became so good that he got himself an opportunity to play at USF, the University of San Diego, playing alongside one of his future teammates and one of his future best friends from the NBA and in life, Casey Jones. And you'd think everything was great because he was helping lead his school to wins. But most of the time that he was helping his school get wins, they were often turned away at hotels during road games. During road games, they were often called the N-word and coons and being spit at. If you want an example to see exactly what it was like, some people could watch the movie Glory Road to see exactly what that was like, especially in the South during these times. But you know what? He never let the abuse turn him into a victim. Okay, And he continued to lead his team to championships and was cheered by the members of his school. The members of his school, they loved him. They loved him when they won. But after he was done playing and was still on campus, although he was getting accolades for track and doing what he could in track, at the same time, that was his individual statistics. When he was winning for the team, they loved it because he represented their school. But when he was winning for himself, they didn't like it. 
And because he could no longer do anything for them, excite them, bring money into their school, he was ridiculed on campus after he won a championship for them. Why? Because it wasn't supposed to be acceptable for a black player to be the best. So he received threats. He often received threats. So you know what he did? He continued to be the best. And for those of you who don't understand how important this is, not to not let threats dictate your life, because that means you are not able to do what's right. And these threats and people can't dictate your life, and he wouldn't let them dictate his life. He wouldn't let that happen. I mean, think about this, though. He was doing this and being the best and standing up for what he believed in during a time when people killed Emmett Till. He was in college in 1955. Emmett Till, a 14-year-old boy, was just killed for no reason. Imagine doing threats and re or, or receiving threats for doing something that you are supposed to be doing. Because people don't like the fact that you're black while doing it. When he went to the NBA, it wasn't any different. Before an exhibition game, his buddy Sam Jones, God rest his soul, and Satch Sanders were refused service at a local cafe. They told Bill, and Bill told them to get on a plane and we're going to head home. Negroes are in a fight, a fight for our rights, and I'm here to fight that fight, is what Bill Russell said. And he received, again, criticism and threats. Because how dare you, a black man, refuse to entertain the white audience in a game, even though we don't want you sitting in a restaurant with us, at a table with us, using the same bathroom as us. You are supposed to still entertain us. Now, imagine being so silly and some people still think this today. Imagine being so silly to think the way that you look should dictate what rights you have. Whoever is listening to this right now, imagine thinking something that you can't control would dictate your rights. You walk into a store, a store and they say, sorry, we don't serve blue-eyed people. Sorry, we don't serve brown-eyed people. Sorry, we don't serve brunettes, because they are dumb, smelly, and lack intelligence. Do you, do you see how stupid that sounds? But you know what? That's what he had to endure, and he continued on his path. And as Russell said, when you get to the league, you are paid to win, and that's what he did. Continued to win on and off the court, never fearing the repercussions, because you can't live in fear. He's the only player to play in 10 game sevens and win. He was a winner. And yeah, it's a team game, but remember, remember the fact that it says the only player to play 10 game sevens, meaning there was one constant on those teams. And that was Bill Russell.
somewhere along the way, people started to talk about it was easy to win in Russell's era because of the amount of teams. Imagine playing with nine teams today. That would mean your eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth players would be cut from the team. You would be playing up against five All-Stars all the time. Okay, You would be playing up against the best players at your position instead of two times to four times, six times to eight times at least a year. And people say it was easy. Easy to win. Was it? Today you get social media threats. But there is security protecting these athletes. There is law enforcement protecting these athletes. And, and laws to protect these athletes. How much security and law enforcement protected Bill Russell if he played bad or good for that matter? His daughter said people used to come and knock over their trash barrels at his home. And when he told police, they said it was a raccoon. Bill Russell then asked where he could get a permit for a gun. And guess what? The raccoons never came back. His family went away for a weekend and came home to his trophy case, smashed with the N-word written all over the wall and feces in his bed. This was in response to him speaking out on racism and fighting the good fight. Did he stop? Absolutely not. And it takes courage not to stop. Not knowing what could happen to you. And that's the epitome of a man. And that's the epitome of what Bill Russell was and what he stood for. Russell played in the wake of black pioneers like Earl Lloyd, Chuck Cooper, and Sweetwater Clifton. And he was the first black player to really achieve superstar status. You saw Will Chamberlain, or you heard Will Chamberlain earlier when they were talking and laughing in the video or in the, in the excerpt that I played for you. He said that he looked up to Bill Russell. Bill Russell also became the first black head coach, and you can imagine the scrutiny he received. He probably wasn't smart enough. Why is he a black man leading and giving orders to his team? Crazy, right? At this same time when he was becoming the head coach, Lyndon B. Johnson, along with some other Democrats, were arguing over the fact to not allow blacks to have civil rights and be in the same place as whites. They were arguing about voting rights because they felt it took away their power. Now, imagine this. Now he has become a black head coach in the league. Now, even though laws made it so they couldn't segregate anymore, and laws made it so they could have voting rights, did that mean everything was simple? That it was black and white? No pun intended? No, it did not. In fact, he was asked, hey, will you be prejudiced to the whites? 
because you're a black and you're coaching white players. Not once did they ever ask whether or not a white coach would be prejudiced against blacks, even though it was happening, happening all the time. They'd play some black players on the road if you were losing. At home, you could play a couple more, but you never really played them. Why? Because you were prejudiced against them. But no one ever asked those coaches. And you know what? He didn't care. He didn't care what they thought. And he continued on. And they thought he was going to fail. In his first year as a coach, they didn't win the championship. But after that, they won two more times. Once being the unquestionable underdog. And coaching and leading his team to yet another Game 7 victory. But he realized it was time to move on after the deaths of Dr. King and Robert F. Kennedy. He knew basketball was just a small sense of the bigger picture. And during that time, before Dr. King was assassinated, he was right near him during the I Have a Dream speech. After the death of Medgar Evers, another civil rights activist who was murdered outside his home, he traveled to Mississippi to create an integrated basketball camp, knowing the repercussions and all the scrutiny he would receive with Medgar Evers' brothers, brother years later. And then years later after that, he stood up for Muhammad Ali when Muhammad Ali decided that he didn't want to go to Vietnam. Because at the same time, why is he fighting for rights in Vietnam when he doesn't have his own rights here in America? And Bill Russell stood up for him, stood next to him in the civil rights movement. You hear these names all the time. These guys are civil rights giants. And you know what? Bill Russell stood next to them, and he never looked small. Years later, he received the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2011, which was absolutely deserved for everything that he did for not only himself, not only for the black community, but for mankind. Bill Russell is an 11-time champion. He's a 5-time NBA Most Valuable Player. He's a 12-time All-Star. He's a 3-time All-NBA First Team, 8-time All-NBA Second Team, NBA All-Defensive First Team, 4-time NBA Rebounding Champion, an NBA Lifetime Achievement Award, NBA Anniversary Team for the 25th, 35th, 50th, and the last year's 75th Anniversary Team. His number six is retired by the Boston Celtics, and I think it should be retired by the whole league. He's a two-time NCAA champion. He's an NCAA Tournament Most Outstanding Player. He's a College Player of the Year, Helms Player of the Year, Consensus First Team All-American, WCC Player of the Year. His number is retired by the San Francisco team. And again, like I said before, he received the Presidential Medal of Freedom. He was a great, great basketball player. But he wasn't defined 
as a basketball player, and he didn't want to be defined as just a basketball player. He was more so defined to me as a great person who was great at basketball as well. With all that going against him, everything that you heard, all these stories, living in a time where blacks were not able to be successful unless you put in the time where even if you were successful, you were threatened to not be successful. He persevered and he became a winner. Now, my journey was nowhere near what Mr. Russell's journey was like, but it was a journey nonetheless. And it's because of people like him, I can make that journey as a black man. And as a black man, I am able to sit in restaurants that I want to go to. As a black man, I am able to go into the grocery stores without it saying colored's grocery store only, white's grocery store only. Because of Bill Russell, I am able to coach. It's always been my dream to make an impact and coach. But not just be a coach, but to make an impact somewhere else. This is why I teach as well. And I hope I have made an impact. But know this, Mr. Russell, your impact has been felt now and will be felt for generations to come. The history books will never forget you, and I will do everything I can with my platform to make sure the younger generations, although they are sometimes a little bit stubborn, I was once that younger generation, I will make sure I do everything I can with my platform to make sure that they know who paved the way for all of us. We learn to make a shell for ourselves when we are young and then spend the rest of our lives hoping for someone to reach inside that shell and touch us. That's what Bill Russell said. I want to let you know, Mr. Russell, you did that for all of us, especially me. You touched us in so many ways that you wouldn't even know. And I think you do know it now as you are looking down because there is there's absolutely not a doubt that you are in heaven right now, smiling, playing in a game for the first time ever with Kobe Bryant, playing in a game against Wilt Chamberlain, meeting up with your buddies Tommy Heinsohn, Casey Jones, Sam Jones, John Havlicek, Red Arbach, meeting up with everybody that you were so close with. Mr. Russell, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you. And I will continue to do what I can to make sure that people know the struggle that you went through to get where you are. Because sometimes it's hard for someone to be successful with all that's around him. And all that was around you, you were able to become successful a winner on and off the court, raise a beautiful family, and set an example for what a man, a father, brother, sister, son, uncle, cousin should be like. 
This has been another episode of One in a Million. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you. God bless Bill Russell. And Bill Russell, may you rest in the most eternal of pieces.